Oh, praise the Lord. It's been a good day so far, hasn't it? I sure hope I can keep it going, keep the blessing going. Your Bible's open at the book of Jude. Sally Downing is a name not familiar with us. But Sally was born without eyes back in 1942. And yet she lived a full and rewarding life. She got married, she had children, she had grandchildren. She worked as a dispatcher for her town's fire department. She also worked with school children, teaching them what it's like to be blind. After Sally died in 2014, she became known as a woman who made a difference in people's lives. It's the plan of God. It's the will of God for every Christian to be someone who can make a difference. And today, we're saying that we need more people who can make a difference in this world. That's what we're saying. Now, we all saw the bus movie, the bus ministry video, and we saw what a great blessing it can be to the children. The bus ministry is a wonderful ministry, and it can make a wonderful difference in people's lives. But the bus ministry requires people to make that difference. However, I need to say this, that the bus ministry is not always an easy ministry. It costs our church thousands of dollars every year. It can be very noisy, sometimes crazy. Sometimes the kids aren't always obedient. Sometimes it can break your heart. You can work with a child for months, sometimes years, only to have them quit coming or to have the family up and move away. And without the grace of God, it can wear you down. So you might be wondering, why are we involved in this costly and sometimes painful ministry year after year for five years now? The book of Judges, I'm sorry, the book of Jude gives us at least four good reasons that I want to share with you this morning. First, let's have a word of prayer before we go any further. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for your wonderful grace. Thank you for the day that uh, we here saw our need of a Savior. We realized that a Christless eternity was coming and we needed to get right with you. Thank you, Lord, for that glorious day when each of us placed our faith in Jesus Christ and we were born again into your family. Please, Lord, help us to see the need. The need is, is horrific all around us. Lord, please give us a vision for the harvest fields, even of Surrey, British Columbia. Bless, we pray, the scriptures to our hearts. Open the eyes of our understanding that we might grow in our faith and our love and our obedience to you, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in this book called Jude, and before we really get into the four reasons, let's, uh, let's start by asking, who was this man named Jude? Now, Jude is the English form of the name Judas, or Jehuda, and it means celebrated. It's a Hebrew name meaning celebrated. Now, many scholars believe that Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. Jude tells us in, in verse 1 that he's the brother of James. 
And in Matthew 13, verse 55, the townspeople, in speaking of Jesus, said, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And so you have the mention here of James and Judas. And so quite likely they, they were brothers and they were both sons of Mary. They were the half-brothers of Jesus because Joseph was not the father of Jesus. He was the husband of Mary and he was the father of James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. And so that made them half-brothers to Jesus. So Jude grew up not believing in Jesus as his Savior. To Jude, the name Jesus meant nothing other than his older, quieter brother. That's all that the name Jesus meant. Jude. And in some ways, Jude was like a bus kid. That's why I'm telling you all this. Here he was growing up in a family with Jesus. And he never knew Jesus as his Savior. And in some ways, Jude was like a bus kid. And it was only after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection did Jude and James, they were probably in their early 20s at the time, but it was only at that time that they realized who Jesus was and their need of salvation. After this, Jude lived his life for the Lord Jesus, and he wrote this, we call it a letter or an epistle or a book, whatever, he wrote about 60 to 66 to 69 A.D., something like that, which means that at this time Jude would have been maybe in his early 60s. He's now a senior citizen. He would have come to the seniors' lunch with us last Thursday if he had been here with us. And I believe that Jude cared for children. I believe that he did that. And I, I think somehow if Jude were alive today, he'd be involved with the bus ministry. You mean at 60 years of age? Yeah, there's no age restrictions. I think that if you love the kids, you know, there, there's your qualification right there. In his book, he gives us four good reasons why we ought to be involved with the bus ministry. And the first reason is because of a monstrous world. There is a monstrous world. Please look at verse 4. He writes and says, For there are certain men crept in unaware." who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. Now, lasciviousness is a word we don't normally use in English, but it means filthy living. And denying only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. It seems to me that when men and women get to a point of denying God completely, His existence or his presence, or anything about him. Essentially, they're at about the height of their depravity. There's no holes barred at that point. There's nothing they wouldn't do if the right button wasn't pushed. But this is the first reason that Jude gives us. Why we need a bus ministry, folks, is because of a monstrous world. We are living in a world that's no better. In fact, it's worse than 2,000 years ago when Jude wrote his letter. We live in a world that's worse and getting worse by the day. Sin has come out of the closet and sin is living its life in broad daylight, in full view of everyone's eyes. What was once considered to be shameful or even wicked 
is now proudly worn like some kind of badge or something to be celebrated. We, we can't seem to keep up with all of the news reports of the violence and the crime in the world. Every day there's fresh uh, examples and new things, shootings and bombings and uh, diseases and horrible things happening. And then there's wars and rumors of wars. And the reported number of uh, cases of Christian persecution and martyrdom in the world is on the rise. It's going up. And you add to this the rising cost of living and it's not hard to see why many people are turning to a life of crime. This is a monstrous world we live in. And it's because there's a monstrous world that we need a bus ministry. A ministry that will go into the highways and the, the byways of the city and reach out to a future generation of Christian leaders that are cleverly disguised as unsaved children. And the bus ministry is trying to reach them. So this is the first reason we need a bus ministry is because of a monstrous world. But Jude gives us a second reason. And he says, because of a meeting with judgment. There is a meeting with judgment. And if you look at verse 5, he says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Look at verse 7 even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example of suffering and vengeance of eternal fire. And look at verse 15. To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him, meaning Jesus. The second reason Jude gives us as to why we ought to have a bus ministry is because of a coming judgment, a meeting with judgment. No one can sin and get away with it. No one. There is a payday coming. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Jude speaks about a coming judgment upon all the wicked. And it's a warning, folks, for people everywhere to get right with God before it's too late. The fact is, the truth is, we don't have all the time in the world. We don't. The clock is ticking and time is running out for every one of us. Five years ago, we began the bus ministry. Five years have come and gone. And already many of the children that we first ministered to back in 2014 have passed the age of 12 and no longer ride the bus. The 12-year-old of 2014 is now the 17-year-old of 2019. And where are they today? It feels like the children are slipping through our fingers like sand at the beach, being sucked into this world. And time is running out. Time is running out for us to reach them. And time is running out for them to be reached. Sometimes judgment comes sooner than we thought. 
sooner rather than later and sometimes God sends judgment in the form of terrible things that happen to people and sometimes premature death. The time we have left to reach the kids of Surrey and the time that we actually have with them here at church is very short. It seems the devil has them for 170 hours and we get them for one hour. That's what it feels like. Well, our church definitely needs to be in the bus ministry. For no other reason than for a coming judgment. We need the bus ministry. But there's more. Jude gives us another reason why we need to be in the bus ministry. And the third reason is because of mockers of righteousness. Look at verse 18, would you please? How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. Notice the capital S. It's a reference to the Holy Spirit. They're not saved. If someone is saved, he has the Holy Spirit. The book of Romans makes that very clear. If they're not saved, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They can have all this other stuff here of the world, but they'll not have the Holy Spirit. And so Jude gives us a third reason why we need to be in a bus ministry. And he just touches upon it. And it's because of the mockers of righteousness. There are people out there who do not believe in God. We know because we run across them when we go door to door. They're out there. We find them. People who do not believe in God. There are people who do not believe in righteousness. There are people who do not believe in a coming judgment. And there are certainly people who do not believe in the bus ministry and what it stands for. These people actually mock the church. They mock the, bu the bus ministry. They mock the sweet people who work the bus ministry and work with the children. These mockers call us crazy. They call us religious fanatics who ought to be outlawed and banned. Now, it's because of these people that we not only need a bus ministry, but listen, we need to stay in the bus ministry and not quit. We need to never give up the bus ministry because what it's able to do, turn back a couple of pages, would you please, to the book of 1 Peter. Before 1 John, you'll find 1 Peter. And go to chapter 2, if you would. Now, Peter seems to give us more the depth and reason behind this third um, item that, that Jude mentions. We need to stay, have a bus ministry, and stay in the bus ministry because of these mockers. And Peter sort of gives us a little deeper understanding in 1 Peter chapter 2. And look, please, at verse 12. Chapter 2, verse 12, 1 Peter. Having your conversation, that means your manner of life, the way you live as a Christian. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, kind of like saying amongst the unsaved, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers. Now watch this. They may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And I think that day of visitation is the coming judgment upon them. And so Peter here gives us a little deeper insight. We need to be in the bus ministry and stay in the bus ministry 
so that the mockers will be left without excuse. When they stand before God, they will have to give glory to God because of our good works. When they see us rolling up our sleeves and helping and getting involved and reaching children and their families and not quitting, they'll be forced to give glory to God. Now that's a good reason to be in the bus ministry right there. But there's a fourth reason why we need to be in the bus ministry. And it's back in the book of Jude. And it's in verse 22. It's because we can make a difference. Verse 22. And of some have compassion. Making a difference. That is so true it has never stopped being true. We can make a difference. But we need compassion, don't we? You see, in order to make a difference, it requires someone with compassion who will make the difference happen. That's very important. The bus ministry makes a difference in people's lives, but only as we support it. To have a bus or two buses or three buses sitting in a parking lot does us no good, does no one any good. I think I said that right. The bus ministry is only as good as the people that work in it. That's why we need compassion. That's why we absolutely have to have compassion and realize we need a bus ministry because there's a monstrous world out there and it's, it's a machine sucking the children in. And the innocent children get sucked into this and before you know it, they're in their later teens and they're involved with things that would just put a curl in your hair. So what happened? Why, it's the world sucking the children. And we need a bus ministry that's going to fight against that and take a stand against that and say, no, you can't have these kids. That's why we need a bus ministry. We need a, we need a bus ministry because there's a coming judgment. A judgment of God upon all the wicked. We need to reach them, folks. We have to reach them. We need a bus ministry because of the mockers whose mouths must be shut. Mockers. Although we can't force them to be saved, we can't force them to do righteousness, it's not in our power. We'd like to be able to do it, but we can't. We're helpless, powerless. They will one day stand before God and be forced to give glory to God because of the good works as seen in the bus ministry. And we need a bus ministry because we really can make a difference. Who of us here today would get involved and help us to bring boys and girls under the sound of the gospel and to see lives transformed? Who of us here today? There's a story of a young boy who went to the beach shortly after the tide had gone out. And there across the sandy beach, he started to find these little clams that had been exposed by the tide. Already the seagulls were trying to attack them and eat them. And carefully he would pick up these, these little clams and carry them out to the waves and toss them in. And he'd run back and try and find another clam. Carry that out and toss it in the wave saying, there you go fella. And after about a dozen of these, he came back to the the beach and there was a man watching him and the man said to him son what in the world are you doing 
And the boy said, Sir, I'm rescuing clams. And the man laughed at him and said, Boy, don't you know you can't rescue all these clams? Look how long the beach is. There's no way you can make a difference on this beach. And the boy picked up another clam and tossed it in the ocean and said, I made a difference with that one. And then he said, that's more than you're doing, mister. Out of the mouth of babes. Folks, our bus ministry may never be able to rescue all of the children in Surrey. But we've made a difference in a few. An eternal difference. And that's more than many others have done. But in order for there to be a difference, there must be a man or woman willing to make a difference. There's no autopilot on the bus ministry. There's no button to push and then sit back and just sip tea or have a coffee. There's, there's no automatic function on bus ministry. It doesn't run by itself. It needs you and me. It needs people who will give to help pay for gas and insurance and repairs. And now we've got to get the bus checked every six months. That's the law. We need people who will work with the bus ministry. Prospecting for kids. Say, how do you do that? We'll show you how. Driving the bus. Say, I don't have a bus license. We'll show you how to get it. And picking up kids and working with them. So why do we do it? Why do we do it? Week after week. Month after month. And now year after year. Why do we get involved with a ministry that's sometimes painful and seems sometimes fruitless and costs us thousands of dollars every year. Why do we do it? Let me read for you two more reasons recorded by Paul. One in Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I believe the Lord is calling for men and women today that will serve Him, who will make a difference in this world. And you and I can do it, folks. Is there anyone here today that will help make a difference? And by the way, Anyone here can make a difference if they will simply let the Lord use them. And my question to you is, will you get involved somehow? Will you pray for the bus ministry? Will you help finance the bus ministry? We need to buy another bus, by the way, and get two routes going. Will you come and work with us in the bus ministry? Will you be used of the Lord to reach children and then reach their parents? Jude 1.22 and of some have compassion, making a difference. Let's stand to our feet for a word of prayer. Let's all.